We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're talking NFL draft prop bets on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz. I'm joined by Matthew Friedman, the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network. We're brought to you today by my bookie, and we are going to be talking NFL draft props. I've got to be honest, I have actually. And maybe I've done one or two, but I have not historically done a lot of props on the NFL draft. I'm going to assume that that is not the case for you, Matt. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I I'm a degenerate when it comes to this stuff, and uh, it's it's been it's been good to me. Uh, it was good to me last year. Uh, it was good the year before that, um, and uh, I like a lot of the uh, the early props that I'm seeing on the board. So uh, I'm looking forward to draft season this year. Nice. So I guess the initial question that people might have is, is there a reason that these would be favorable things to bet on? My natural instincts would be yes, because there's probably not as much research that goes into setting these as, as others betting on them might uh, be willing to do. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the reason. Uh, and because of that, they set really low limits. Yep. So normally you can't bet more than, you know, like $50, I don't know, maybe $100 depending on the book. But normally you can't get a lot of action down on these. But, um, you know, it, it can still be fairly profitable if you're winning lots of your bets. For sure. So let's just start off. I think everybody knows at this point the projected number one pick is Joe Burrow, especially after a fantastic national championship game. The odds of him being 
the first pick, uh, minus 2,000, um, the opposite direction, meaning that he will not be, is plus 800. Where do you lie on this one? Yeah, so uh, just in case people aren't like fully aware of what some of these numbers mean. So uh, minus 2,000 uh, is basically 20 to 1. Um, you know, so you would have to uh, bet like $2,000 to win $100. Uh, and you know, that's what the, like the negative, uh, symbol indicates there. Uh, if, and it's like positive 800, that means if you bet a hundred and you won, then you would win 800. So that's what those numbers mean. So, um, to, to think of these in percentages, the, uh, minus 2000, uh, has a implied probability of like 95.2%. So in order for this bet to pay off or to offer value, you have to think that Burrow will be selected number one more than 95.2% of the time. And um, although it's really early in the process, I think it's closer to like 97 or 98% that he's going to be selected number one. It's honestly probably higher than that, but I'm just trying to like be conservative you know, because like it's it's ridiculous to to lock someone into the number one spot this early in the process. Like, I I mean, like, what are the chances that something comes out that like he's got a drug problem or he's, got you know, just like all of the random things that people kind of don't think about that could potentially pop up with any kid who's in college? Like, you know, something like that could still happen that just submarines his his draft position. But, you know, like barring something like that, I think he's number one. So, uh, yeah, uh, I hate to say like, yeah, I'm I'm laying the minus 2000 here. And uh, like in full disclosure, you could get um, the number one pick for him uh, like a month ago. And the number was much better than it is now. Uh, and like that's that's where I got it. But I still don't hate it here. Like I would bet this here, too. It is definitely an odd feeling to place money down with those odds on something that is still, I mean, you know, at this point, it's not like it's half a year away, but like you said, there are things that could come up we don't know about, or something, you know, really terrible could happen, like just like when he's throwing for these teams, something happens to his hand, and the next thing you know, there's questions about if he'll be ready to go in 2020, something like that. So I hear what you're saying there. Here, here's um, something just kind of like yep. basic sort of strategy. Um, like I think a lot of people get scared away and this is applicable to uh, like the Super Bowl props that we see where there's like a yes or no question and uh, you have to lay a lot of juice on one side. People don't want to put down that much money like uh, or even if they're not putting down that much money, they don't want to put down any amount of money to get a relatively small amount of money back. But like to me, like you take the value where it is. And so regardless of whether you're laying like a big number or a small number, you look at what the implied odds are. You look at what you think the actual odds are. And if there's a discrepancy, then you bet it and you just don't risk more than you're willing to risk. Like that's the way that I look at it. So even though it's minus 2000, like that doesn't really matter to me. Right. So you need to account on some level for your personal confidence in the actual bet that you're making versus just looking at the the risk versus the payout. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I mean, yeah, but for the most part, I'm just looking at the risk versus like, (laughs) 
Well, I mean, not looking at the risk versus the, the payout, like only, but looking at, uh, yeah, I guess you, you said it right. Like the, the confidence It's not necessarily the confidence. It's just like what my, what my projection is for what the real odds should be. Got like, it. Like they have this at minus 2000. I think it should probably be closer to minus, uh, 2,500, you know? So mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of value there. So I'm going to bet it. Got it. Um, thinking about the other quarterbacks in this class, I feel like a lot of people would be projecting Tua to be the second pick in the draft. There's a couple of props about quarterbacks that I've seen. Have any stood out to you as the most interesting? Yeah. Um, in most, so yeah, a couple of things in literally every mock draft I've seen Tua is going number five to the dolphins. Um, that. I don't know if that's actually what is going to happen, but like it's uh, almost like it's poetic justice for Tua to go to the Dolphins when that's what people were kind of assuming was going to happen when the season started. And like, lo and behold, it it happens. It just happens in a way that no one really anticipated. Um, so there's a prop out there. Will a team jump the Dolphins to draft Tua? I don't know. Like the Dolphins have the firepower to jump up to number two to draft Tua if they want. Um, I'm probably going to stay away from that prop because it's just it's hard to know, you know, like teams moving around in the draft. That's just really hard to anticipate. So I'm not going to try to. But uh, one uh, quarterback prop that does catch my eye uh, out of the non borough quarterbacks, uh, the quarterback to be drafted first. You have Tua, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love. Tua at minus 180, I think, provides a uh, pretty good amount of value because I just... I don't see the scenario in which Justin Herbert jumps to a, in the draft, especially because we've gotten pretty decent reports so far of Tua's recovery and he's planning on uh, throwing before the draft, which I think should allay some concerns. That was one that stood out to me as well. Um, I would be pretty surprised to see a team go in a different direction than Tua. Uh, and like you said, that, that minus 180 is really not a bad number uh, no, for that. That's one. That's not yeah, bad at all. Not bad at all. One that I find particularly interesting. Will the Patriots draft a QB in round one? Um, yes is plus 160. No is minus 200. I know where I would be lying on that, but where are you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think no. Um pretty pretty staunchly i'm going with no uh for a few reasons one just because of where they are picking in the draft i don't think they're going to have a realistic shot at a quarterback worth being drafted in the first round i don't see them trading up for one and uh you know also there's just the whole like i think brady's likely to come back um and i don't see them burning a first round draft pick on his replacement when probably part of the um the pitch to get him to come back is like, Hey, we have this first rounder. We can use it on another, another pass catcher, or we have this pick. We can trade it to someone for a wide receiver. You actually like, like, like they are still in the championship window, but they can see that this is probably the last year in the window. And I don't, I don't see them uh, bringing Brady back and then allocating that pick to something that won't help them in this year. Yeah. I think I completely agree with, with what you outlined there. Uh, so I would be very surprised if they took a quarterback in round one. The to, first, sorry, just yep, to put yep. to put some odds to this. So the minus two hundred number means that, uh, like, they're saying 
they think there's a 66.7% chance that the Patriots don't draft a quarterback in round one. Like, I think that number should be closer to like 80 or 90%. Yeah, me too, completely. Uh, first wide receiver to be drafted, Jerry Judy is the favorite at minus 250, followed by CeeDee Lamb, then Henry Ruggs. And say that name for me, is it LaVisca Chenault? Yeah, exactly, LaVisca Chenault. So, would you be getting in on this one? Yes. Uh, the guy I'm going with is C.D. Lamb. Ooh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, he's available at plus 200. And uh, Henry Ruggs is intriguing, but I don't, uh, I I don't see him being a draft being drafted ahead of both of those guys. He might be drafted as the second wide receiver, but I don't think he'll go above both of them. Uh, Jerry Judy has, I think a pretty wide range of outcomes for the draft. Like, I think he could be drafted as high as number four, but he could also be drafted as low as number 12. Um, whereas I think CD lamb has more of a, a stable draft projection. Like, I think he's more of a kind of like locked in low end top 10 guy, you know, like maybe he's drafted at, at number eight and like a lot of people are mocking him number eight to the Cardinals. Um, it's just a, a pick that makes a lot of sense because they need a wide receiver. He's already played with Kyler Murray. Um, you know, the, the coach Cliff Kingsbury has experience of playing against him and knows him like there are just, there are lots of reasons why you could see that pick happening. But even if it doesn't happen, I think he's got a shot of being drafted, you know, 10, 11, 12, like somewhere in there. Uh, and so given how volatile Jerry Judy's draft projection is and like the stability of CD lamb, I'm going to go with lamb and and maybe I'm just kind of wrong on that projection, but um, you know, like Judy is a small, he's like a Calvin Ridley body type. Uh, but maybe he doesn't have Calvin Ridley's straight line speed, like, or maybe he's not quite as fast as Calvin Ridley. Um, so maybe he slips a little bit in the draft, but CD lamb is a, a bigger wide receiver. And so even if he doesn't have, you know, like a great combine, I still think you could see him go in the top 10 because bigger guys like historically don't have to be super fast to be drafted high. And we haven't talked about wide receivers yet. We likely will be next week. But uh, for those of you that aren't aware, as Matt said, he played at Oklahoma with Kyler Murray. And in 2019, his junior year put up 1,327 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns. So he does have a pretty good body of work uh, if you look at it. Also, pretty good dominator number um, in his junior season. Good market share. All of that. And uh, just to kind of close out with uh, with Ruggs, he is supposed to be an athletic marvel. And, you know, if you look at the tape, he is fast. He has fast reported 40 times. People are just expecting him to tear up the combine the way that uh, John Ross did a few years ago. Um, but he wasn't really all that productive at Alabama. So, like, I'm kind of just personally down on him. Um, but even, like, trying to adjust for that, I haven't seen him going in the top 10 in any mock draft. And I just, I kind of don't think it's going to happen. Normally teams, if they're going to draft a guy in the top 10, they want him to have been uh, really dynamic in college. And that just wasn't the case with Henry Ruggs. Uh, and then LaVisca Chenault, um, a 
big bodied guy who has lots of versatility and was impressive as a sophomore, but tailed off a little bit as a junior. Um, but I still think someone is going to draft him in the first round, but probably like the bottom half of the first round. So uh, I don't really see much value with him at plus 1000. Got it. And there's a prop I'm going to ask you about uh, a little bit down the line that some of that will play into. But uh, before we get there, reminder that you should be going to mybookie.ag and signing up using the promo code RotoViz if you have not yet done so, so that you can ensure that you are able to get in on this NFL draft action. You're going to be falling anyway, so you might as well get in with some of these props. And of course, the Super Bowl is coming up uh always a great amount of things that you can bet on there and a lot of really fun things i'm already kind of pondering where i'm going to go on the gatorade i would not be shocked if matt has put in extensive research to that but uh you know quick payouts excellent customer service so many things to bet on definitely check out myboogie.ag you play you win you get paid I realized I skipped one uh, quarterback question that we had earmarked here. Will the Chargers draft a quarterback in round one, which I'm going to then bring up something that we have not talked about yet. It's not on the show sheet, which is likely the rumor about Philip Rivers potentially landing in Tampa. But first, let's uh, talk about that prop bet. Yeah, so uh, the yes is minus 140. No is plus 100. Um I think there might be a little value on the yes at minus 140, but um, I, I think like it's it's not enough for me to like take a big position on, you know, like I, I bet on it just because I'm a degenerate, but like I think it's about even value right where it is. Um, a good number of mocks have had um, have had the Chargers drafting a quarterback, but you could just as easily see them going with a um, – like an offensive lineman or something like that, uh, if they're able to retain Philip Rivers. Got it. And then I don't know if you saw the Roto World blurb yeah. today. Apparently there's a buzz about a potential landing spot for Philip Rivers next season could be Tampa. Uh, I just want to get, you know, if you think that that seems like something that's realistic and then to a quick synopsis of how that might impact uh, Godwin's and Ev- or Godwin and Evans. Yeah, I think it's kind of surprising. Um, I I don't know. Like, I think, I think uh, Bruce Arians would. I mean, don't you think he would rather have like the you like the 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 youth and upside of um of Jameis Winston like over over a guy who like used to be good but also yeah. kind of used to be like Jameis Winston, you know? Like, exactly. I, yeah. I, I I just don't I don't see I don't see how this is an upgrade. Right. Like, I think it's actually a hand, downgrade. Right. You might be getting away from the mistakes and the flaws that are in Winston's game, but I'm not really convinced that taking in Rivers dramatically changes your outlook over the course of the season. And, you know, me, especially if you look at like two, three years, I don't think you're necessarily putting yourself in a more advantageous position. So if you're going to make the change, you would think that it would be for a quarterback that would be a more of have more of an immediate impact or would be more of a long-term play. Um, and I, I, I don't know who that would be, but I'm not sure that it's reverse. No, I, I mean, honestly, I think it's a really bad idea. Yeah. So I would say that from a fantasy lens, I don't want to see it happen because I do think that that has a pretty substantial impact on Godwin and Evans. Do you agree? Yeah, I I agree. 
Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Rivers, although like he's willing to just throw it down the field quite often, um, I don't think he's, I just, I don't know if he's as good at it as Winston is anymore. And like, maybe he's slightly more consistent, but I think like when he hits, he probably still doesn't hit as well as Winston does. Sure. That's fair. Uh, so we'll come back to that if it does arise. Um, continuing along though. So you had talked about some of the wide receivers, um, wide receivers drafted in the top 15, the over, um, is uh two and a half minus 160 the under at two and a half is plus 120 how are you feeling on that one um i bet the over um i think that's really yeah i think that's probably a a pretty decent line um like probably close to where it should be but there are a lot of guys who could be uh drafted in the first round and you know with just that many first rounders i think some of them sneak into the top half. So in most drafts I've looked at, there are three guys going uh, in the top 15. And okay. it's, it's always locked in that uh, in, in some combination, CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy are in the top two. And then it's some combination of Henry Ruggs, uh, LaVisca Chenault, uh, and then in some cases, uh, T. Higgins. Um, as a guy who slides into the uh, the top 15. So uh, I like it. So something that I do want to mention here um, that I've been pondering, the tremendous performances by Derrick Henry down the stretch, um, you know, performances of, of players like Aaron Jones, the running back position having a good year. Do you think that we might see that factor into the draft? I was expecting there to be a possibility where we saw a number of running backs making their way onto teams in round one and then moving um, in in round two and round three. Of course, we saw Travis Etienne will be going back to Clemson, right? Yeah. As well as Chuba Hubbard. So Yeah, Chuba Hubbard going back. uh, And then uh, the guy we mentioned last week from Alabama, uh, Najee Harris. Yep. Returning. uh, Pretty disappointing for the the class as a whole because those guys added really valuable depth. Um, I don't know if we really see like a resurgence in the first round running back in this class. Um, yep. Like, I think there are guys who offer a lot of uh, a lot of value and long term upside, but I think a lot of them will be drafted in the second round. You know, um, as as great as Derrick Henry was, he was a second rounder. And, uh, you know, we're going to watch a game in two weeks uh, where the starting running backs were both undrafted. You know, like, I think that's not lost on the NFL, even if they still value the running game. Yeah, that is a fair take, Um, because that's kind of where I was going with that, where we'd have the situation where, you know, you could have a player like Mostert getting so much um, attention in that game. And it's an odd juxtaposition there where we have a league or at least those of us following the league, you know, this is a constant conversation with if the running backs matter or not. And then like, you know, it's, it's almost like a perfect example of why they don't, but at the same time, it could be taken a multitude of directions. Now that's not to say that, you know, the particular back doesn't always matter whole nother conversation there, but I think it will be interesting to see how the league responds. So that was wide receivers in the top 15. We talked about the quarterbacks. I don't know if you actually gave us your prediction though, for how many go in the first round, the over under set at four and a half, the over plus 100 under minus 140. 
Yeah, um, I think this is the best bet on the board uh, under four and a half because over four and a half is just obscene. You know, like we saw five quarterbacks drafted in the first round a couple of years ago. That was the Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson draft where you also had Josh Allen, Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. That was an uh, intensely loaded draft. And uh, it was so loaded that Lamar Jackson fell to the bottom of the first round. Like there, there is no Lamar Jackson in this class, right? There are only three guys who I think really deserve first round consideration. So for five to be the number that has to hit for you to lose this bet, uh, I think is super generous. Like there might be a guy who sneaks in at number four, like uh, maybe Jordan Love, the quarterback for Utah State, or maybe Jake Fromm, the quarterback from Georgia, like maybe one of those guys. But I'm I'm still like pretty pessimistic on either one of those guys sneaking into the first round. And, um, you know, we are in a situation where there are lots of quarterbacks available in the market and we don't have all that many teams that have a huge quarterback need. And then the teams that do have a need can uh, have those needs met at the top of the draft. So, uh, I would be, I would be surprised. I would be shocked if we saw five quarterbacks, like five quarterbacks is one of the highest, that's one of the highest numbers that we would see in draft history. Um, so like, unless you're expecting a near historic run on quarterbacks in the first round, you easily bet the under here. You sold me. Um, hearing you talk about Lamar Jackson there, uh, reminded me, I wanted to ask you, did you see the clips of Larry David where he was saying that he had told the jets that they should draft Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. That guy should be a general manager. <laughs> it was cracking me up too. And then I also loved how he was talking about how nobody knows anything seeing as people wanted uh, Jackson to be a wide receiver. Yeah. And I think he's, he's probably right. I mean, there are, there are people who know things. It's just like the question of whether they have like the right all around skill set to make certain decisions. Right. And then the other thing too, that factors into it, there's more to it than just having somebody that can say, this is the quarterback that we should draft, right? Yeah. There's so many different people in those organizations, different push and pulls that you just never know how they're going to go. Um, Jalen hurts who I think had a great college career. Uh, do you see him being drafted in the second round. Yeah. So there's a prop. Will he be or drafted? in the first two yeah. rounds? Yeah. So will he, he be yeah. drafted in the first two rounds? I think it's highly unlikely he's drafted in the first round. So yeah, as, as you phrased it, it really is a question of, is he drafted in the second round and it's minus minus one twenty on both sides. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of pessimistic that he makes it into the, the second round. Like um, he feels like more of a project quarterback like even though we have seen uh Oklahoma quarterbacks uh drafted number one overall <laughs> in successive drafts um I don't think we're gonna see that with Jalen Hurts and I, I think people are going to still like look at him and think a couple of things like one like he's the guy from Alabama who uh was someone they kind of had to hide like whether that's a fair 
perception of him or not. Like that is the perception. And then I think people will look at what he did at Oklahoma and say, okay, that is more the result of Lincoln Riley and the work that he's just able to do with quarterbacks in general than anything that is really fantastic about Jalen Hurts. So uh, I could see him as more of like a third round or fourth round project, like quote unquote project, the way that Russell Wilson was drafted in the third round or uh, Dak Prescott was drafted in the fourth round, right? Like someone who actually might have NFL potential, um, but who will go under drafted like this year. He rushed for almost 1300 yards um, with 20 touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, the, the touchdowns, I mean, they're impressive from like a, a number perspective, but like in terms of being able to predict like how a guy does in the yeah. NFL, like for especially for a quarterback, like rushing touchdowns don't mean anything. But like the rushing yards, like that's significant. Like he actually does have and it's not as if that's the only year where he was a good rusher, you know, and, and like that's counting sacks in that number. Yeah. So really he had, you know, probably closer to like fourteen hundred rushing yards or something like that. Um like this is a guy who actually has some capabilities. It wouldn't be surprising if he were kind of like a low grade Lamar esque type of player in the NFL. Like I could see him actually getting a shot to be a starter someday. So that's not to say that like he's not worth being drafted in the second round. Um, I just I doubt that it will happen. Like there are enough other, you know, like quote unquote traditional quarterbacks uh who people like. Um, who will be drafted ahead of him to push him down into like the round three, round four territory. I hear what you're saying there. Um, for listeners that aren't aware, uh, a couple of things to highlight, I, I feel like in regards to Hertz of things, if you want to be optimistic about him, uh, in 2018 in Alabama, 73% completion rate, 70% completion rate at Oklahoma this year, uh, 3,851 yards. And as Matt talked about with the rushing yards, as a freshman, 954 yards, 13 touchdowns, 2017 as a sophomore, 855 rushing yards, eight touchdowns, uh, and also through, I don't know if we mentioned 32 touchdown passes in 2019. So there's there's definitely a body of work there that points to potential for this player, uh, but it doesn't seem like he's being viewed as a top one or around one round two type of passer. But um, I, I am having trouble not becoming a little bit excited about the possibility of him being a sneaky play. Yeah. I mean, uh, I hope he gets his shot one day. He improved each year as a passer, you know, like that's pretty much all you can hope for from a college quarterback. And then if he can, um, you know, marry that with the ability to run, that's actually pretty exciting. So uh, I, yeah, I will be curious about his landing spot. That's like the, the one thing that will really intrigue me because his, his draft position isn't going to place him in like the future starter category, but, uh, he could have some sneaky value. Definitely could any closing thoughts on, uh, anything draft related or any props that uh, I may not have highlighted that you wanted to mention. Uh, no, not anything with the, the props, except, you know, like, uh, you know, more books will eventually release props and, uh, you know, people should be sure to keep an eye out on those. And, uh, I have a mock draft, uh, on action network and, uh, you know, that's kind of like, like I have a, I I mean, I don't want to like totally reveal my full process, but like you could, you could look at that draft and like what I think 
uh, is reflected in that draft and like that is reflected in like what I've talked about in terms of how I'm betting these props. So um, like, I think it's, I, I try to think of what I want to do in the mock draft as something that is reflective of what might actually happen in reality uh, so that it can be useful to people who might want to use it for the purpose of prop betting. I like it. I like it. Uh, and that does it for this episode. You can reach us at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at MattFTheOracle. Thanks to my bookie for sponsoring the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.